Hi, everybody. Before we get started, I want to take a moment since we haven't had the chance yet to send our best wishes and condolences to the family of John Huber, professionally known as Brody Lee and Luke Harper and occasionally Big Rig. His passing is a major loss for the sport of professional wrestling, and we wish his fans, his friends and his family nothing but the best during an incredibly difficult time. Thank you, Brody. Hello, everybody. This is the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast. My name is Corey Atkinson. Today is January the 8th, 2021. That's right. We are back for season two. We are back to give you yesterday's news a day late, and we couldn't be happier about it. Come on in, pull up a chair right by the fire, get a blankie, maybe a little bourbon, maybe a little drinky poo. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. These are all just suggestions, but they're great and you should do it. All right, everybody. So after last week's dynamite, it appears as though the young bucks have thwarted their recent adversaries in TH2 and the acclaimed and will now be looking to lock up with the SCU's Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. With the revolution pay-per-view two months away, this gives AEW plenty of time for the bucks to, well, beat SCU and break them up and bring in the Motor City Machine Guns from Impact Wrestling and challenge them, or have them challenge, rather, for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Yes, this is me calling my shot. Yes, this is also just really obvious booking, and it should happen. Hikaru Shida successfully defended the AEW Women's Championship against Abaddon last week, and I don't know about you, but I'm starting to think that Abaddon isn't a real zombie. I mean, she's bitten Sheeta how many times now? And Sheeta still isn't a zombie. So I'm calling bullshit. What gives? Well, in an even stranger turn of events, Taz is now body shaming Darby Allen following the weigh-in on Dynamite. That's right, the man who was repeatedly told that he was too small to be the face of ECW or WWE or even to make it in the wrestling business is now taking shots at Darby Allen's 170-pound frame, and I gotta tell you, I kinda dig it. I'm here for it. Darby, you're a skinny little bitch. Why don't you go and eat shit, you stupid fucking toothpick? It didn't make me feel as good as I thought it would. Anyway, Snoop Dogg made his All Elite Wrestling debut to promote the Go Big Show. In unrelated news, the Go Big Show has already been canceled. Rest in peace, Go Big Show. Rest in peace, Serpentico. Finally, the two hosses of the inner circle got in the ring to work out some of their alpha male frustration on one another. Uh, Both men took quite the pounding, but Wardlow came out on top. And to clarify, yes, I am talking about sex and it's about damn time. Congratulations to the happy couple. All right, folks, we monologued. Let's go ahead and move on to our first story of the day. That's right. Season two. We got stories, baby. We're going to focus on things. And to start us off, we are going to talk all about Bullet Club. Bullet Club. For life. 
That's right. Bullet Club, the thing that you thought died in, what, 2018 when the elite left New Japan? No. No, it's back. It's cool again. Bullet Club is cool again. That's all it, all it took was, you know, Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, and now the Young Bucks. You see, after an incredible match between Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega, John Moxley attempted to stick his nose where it didn't belong. He tried to exact his revenge on the cleaner Kenny Omega after Kenny Omega fairly defeated Moxley for the AEW World's Championship. Moxley soon found himself outgunned by Gallows and Anderson, and then random enhancement talent hopped the barricade and they tried to enter the ring to save Moxley to, to no avail. Just then, it seemed like the Young Bucks were going to hit the ring and try to restore some order, you know, appeal to their friends. Nah, man, they just decided to kick Brian Pillman Jr. right in his dumb face. Kidding, Pillman, I think you're fine. They, they go ahead and they do the two sweet and the band is officially back together. The invisible hand Don Callis has done it again. And I imagine this is not the last time that we are going to see Don Callis and this group, whether we're calling them the like if we're actually able to call them the Bullet Club or if they have to be called something else. I, I don't really know yet and I don't really care. They're the Bullet Club. And they are back in business. So let's not forget that, yes, there is another Bullet Club. And yes, it is still currently active in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But we need to focus on this Bullet Club, the real Bullet Club, the the Bullet Club that matters, the only club that matters. So who's next? Who is going to join the five and turn it into six or or seven? Who knows? I mean, the Bullet Club has a, a deep history, a deep roster for them to to reflect back on and choose from. Here are some names that I looked at that intrigued me, and maybe they'll intrigue you. And I think the name that is probably the most appropriate to start off with is Switchblade Jay White. As of this recording, Jay White is rumored, heavily rumored, to be on his way out of New Japan Pro Wrestling. All the news sites are reporting that WWE is making a huge, huge appeal and offer to Jay White. They want Jay White. And rightfully so. He's he's young. He's good looking. He's uber talented. I mean, he was the person that they put in the spot of Kenny Omega once Omega left in New Japan. Like, they have a ton of faith in Jay White as as the foreign face of New Japan. It's essentially him and Will Ospreay. And it sounds like it's about to just be Will Ospreay. Now, don't get me wrong. New Japan could totally make a, a big money offer to Jay White and maybe he'll stay. Or... Maybe Jay White feels loyalty to New Japan and doesn't want to go. Or he could join the hottest thing in professional wrestling today. The Bullet Club, the real Bullet Club. Is it going to happen? I don't think so. I would like for it to. I know I want Jay White to go to AEW. If there's an option for him to land somewhere that's not in New Japan, fuck WWE. I mean, that's kind of the point of the podcast anyway, right? 
WWE is not something that we care for. And it is something that can burn in hell and go away forever. And the world would be better. Jay White, they're going to stick him in NXT and that's going to suck. What they need to do is bring the Switchblade into the new Bullet Club, the real Bullet Club, the, the Bullet Club that never should have left and never should have died. Yes, Jay White's role wouldn't be as the leader of Bullet Club that would go to Kenny Omega, but he could certainly be almost like Kenny Omega was back in the day, the cleaner, the guy that is getting shit done, having match after match after match of the night, match of the year. Jay White is totally capable of that. But like I said, I don't foresee this happening for a couple of reasons. I think first and foremost, I don't know that I believe that Jay White is actually going to leave New Japan. I know that we did a lot of speculating there for a minute, and that's always fun to do. But the fact of the matter is Jay White came up through the system in New Japan. He is loyal to New Japan. And whether or not he, he leaves at some point in, in time is a whole different debate. The conversation for now, the conversation for his immediate future in 2021, I believe Jay White doesn't leave New Japan Pro Wrestling. So the odds of him coming to AEW, at least right now, not great, unless there is some kind of a partnership in place, and I hope there is, with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, think about it, guys. Kenny Omega. Versus Kota Ibushi, the cleaner finally turning his back on Kota Ibushi. Story writes itself, my friends. Kenny Omega is going around collecting championships from giant promotions. What better one for him to capture and who to capture it from than the New Japan Pro Wrestling, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship from Kota Ibushi. Let's go on to another name that made headlines here recently, and that is the villain, Marty Skrull. Could Marty Skrull come back into favor with those that are in power in all elite wrestling? Maybe. You know, it's it hasn't been that long since he was on, you know, being the elite BTE, you know, in a lot of ways, he, he really became popular in the, the sport of professional wrestling through BTE. He owes BTE and the Bullet Club a lot. A lot of his success is on the, the back of BTE once he left the Bullet Club, once the elite left Ring of Honor. And he was on uh, when 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 Marty Skrull was left to his left to his own devices. Easy for me to say and started up villain enterprises. It was fine, but it wasn't great. And now with all the different things with the speaking up movement and the accusations made about Marty Skrull. Man, I don't think Tony Khan is going to take a chance on that. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure he's still buddies with or maybe he's not. After the speaking out movement or speaking up movement, speaking out, speaking up, I forget. They are both probably applicable here. You know, I think Marty Skrull's done. Somebody will take a, a flyer on him at some point, but I don't think that it's going to be WWE and I don't think it's going to be AEW. WWE already at, well, maybe it will be WWE. They already have their collection of Austin Theory and the Velveteen Dream and other kind of shady, rapey characters that unfortunately, like I'm, I'm joking, but I shouldn't have to like they have done 
bad things. Why? Why do they continue to get opportunities? Why are they still employed? WWE is a publicly traded company and they have turned a blind eye. I mean, fuck NXT UK in itself. Like you could fire 75% of the roster for the shit that they did. WWE should be accountable for those people. And if anybody's going to give them a flyer or a look, it'll be NXT Triple H because clearly he doesn't care. But is, is Tony Khan going to to want to bring in somebody with the baggage like Marty Skrull does? No, I don't think he will. I think there's there's very little chance that Marty Skrull, Marty Skrull, excuse me, joins Bullet Club. That brings us to another person within BTE or formerly, if you listen to the Jericho podcast, that's Cody Rhodes. Will Cody Rhodes join Bullet Club once again? See, I struggle with this one. I think that Cody's time in the Bullet Club came and went. Would it be awesome to have Cody back in the Bullet Club? Sure. Absolutely. But Cody has his nightmare family. Cody has... There's this baby face persona locked down to a T. And I know that he said in an interview recently that fuck, it was the Jericho one that I just referred to that, you know, he really enjoys being a baby face. Is, is he willing to forego that? I think he would be, but the situation would have to be perfect. You know, I think this could be a situation not unlike if you reflect back on the old NWO, right? You had people that needed to be their foil. Cody Rhodes absolutely could fit that role. How about, you know, Adam, Adam Page, Hangman. He's another former member of the Bullet Club. And and I know that this is a separate thing from Cody Rose, but there is no fucking chance Adam Page is a member of the Bullet Club. He shouldn't be. He already had Kenny Omega o- abandon him, left him for dead, turned his back on him, done. So what what motivation other than there there's some loyalty to the group? Potentially, you know. Why, why would Hangman insert himself back in that situation? Yes, his confidence is shot. And yes, he's drinking and, and not really believing in himself. But reflect on the hero's journey, right? He's, he's at the point now where he's, he's at, at the lowest, right? He lost a, a, a year and a half ago or whatever it was. He lost his opportunity to become the, the AEW world champion. And now he lost to Kenny Omega. On, on Omega's path to becoming the AEW world champion. Paige doesn't really know where to go now, but we all know where this is headed at, at some point or another. Adam Page is going to be the person that dethrones Kenny Omega. Adam Page will be the man that defeats Omega for the AEW world championship. Mark my words, that will happen. Whether it's at All Out, Double or Nothing, or some other show. Like, that is going to be not the payoff, but it's going to be, like, 
that'll be the the Sting Hulk Hogan Starcade 97 moment. That's going to be the thing where we're like, holy shit, Paige and, and Omega are going to lock up again. And it's for the title this time. And Omega's full blown cleaner. Adam Page has got his head on straight. Let's fucking go. Outside of that, the rest of the names that I have on this list are far fetched. Adam Cole. Well, we know his contract doesn't run out until the end of 2021, so he's out. Frankie Kazarian. Get a cup of coffee in the Bullet Club and turned his back on him. Doesn't make sense. He's out. AJ Styles. Nope. He signed like a, what, three-year, five-year deal with WWE. There is no chance in hell he, unless he gets fired, you know, which, wonderful. <laughs> but there's no chance in hell AJ Styles, you know, he, he, fi- he doesn't find his way into AEW during the storyline. He's out. Finn Balor. Now, this one's a question mark a little bit for me because I just don't know what his contract status is. You know, I am to believe that when they called him up in, I want to say 2019, that he probably signed a new three-year. Let's assume that's true. Well, that was like summer 2019. So he, if, if it is a three-year, he's not getting out until 20, yeah, 2022, summertime, August, I think. Somewhere in that ballpark, if that is, if what is reported is true. And I don't know because I haven't verified. So let's go off of that. I don't think Balor, Styles, Kazarian, or Cole end up in this group. I don't think Hangman Page or, or Cody Rhodes end up in this group. But if they are going to work with New Japan, I think there is a name that makes a whole lot of sense to come over into this group, and I think it's Kenta. Kenta wants Moxley. He wants the the New Japan IWGP United States Championship. The two of them are on a collision course within New Japan, Moxley and Kenta. But let's not forget that Kenta was also in NXT as Hideo Itami for a long time. And Hideo Itami kind of sucked. Not kind of sucked, it sucked. Kenta wasn't wrestling like Kenta. Kenta was wrestling this, this weird hybrid of, of WWE style mixed with what he thought WWE wanted him to be. And it just never panned out. And he's been very critical of NXT in his time there. I would love to see uh, Kenta come into AEW and kind of stick it up Triple H's ass a little bit. Kenta is somebody that is so incredibly talented that given the opportunity to, to, to shine in this version of Bullet Club, even though he wasn't in the original, him being associated with this group with or without Jay White would be fucking huge. If there is a, a, you know, uh, a shot 
right? If there is like a dark horse, my dark horse pick is Kenta. And that is my thoughts on the newly reformed, the real Bullet Club. Let me know your thoughts. Send me a tweet at PW Elitists, or you can reach out to me directly at Corey A. Atkinson on Twitter. All right, folks, another story making rounds right now is that AEW is interested finally in signing Tessa Blanchard. Not entirely sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Tessa Blanchard has a checkered past. She's been accused of bullying and racism and things of that nature. But let's also not forget that she's incredibly young and incredibly talented. Tessa Blanchard is unquestionably one of the top 10 best women's wrestlers on the planet today. You could even probably make the argument for top five or top three. I'd, I would hear those arguments and I wouldn't say you're wrong. She's not number one. She's not number two. She might be number three. I don't know. I could be convinced, even though I don't think it's right. Anyway, I am I am off topic. Tessa Blanchard in AEW. There's a lot of people behind the scenes, a lot of people in positions of power that are rumored to want Tessa Blanchard into AEW, assuming that they want her to come in and be the face of the women's division. They desperately need somebody to take that thing by the horns. Tessa Blanchard would be an ideal person to do that, provided that she didn't have all the bullshit. And in my estimation, it's the bullshit that Tony Khan isn't going to look through. Yes, Tony Khan absolutely could figure out a way to, to, to get something out of Tessa Blanchard. But why, why take the hit? She's unpopular behind the scenes. She's a pain in the ass. She, any locker room that she's been in, she's been a problem. So why invite that into your locker room? Are, are you so desperate? To have your women's division succeed that you bring in somebody like Tessa Blanchard. No, I don't think Tony Khan's that kind of guy. And maybe maybe he's got evidence that things have changed or, or, you know, bridges have been repaired and fences have been mended. And if that's the case, great. You know, you, you can't. People make mistakes and I'm not trying to to excuse anything that Tessa Blanchard has done. But people do make mistakes. People say stupid shit when they're young. Fucking I, I'm sure I did. I mean, in fact, I'm positive I did, but Tessa is, is in her mid twenties. You know, she could be the face of that division for a decade longer, maybe, you know, as long as she wants to really, but I don't think she's going to get that chance because I just think that she's done so much damage to her brand that a company like AEW isn't going to take that risk. WWE, maybe, maybe, but not AEW. I just don't see it happening. And it's a shame because if you look at her work, the body of her work, right? Impact Wrestling, her time there was great until the end. When she was at the, the all-in pay-per-view, she was one of the, the, the shining lights of that show. There was many, but you remember that match because it was the only women's match on the card and Tessa got the win. So yes, is, is there a past relationship with... Cody and the Bucks, because she was on that show. Yeah, for sure there is. That being said, 
AEW is very deep in a relationship with Impact Wrestling right now. Tessa Blanchard left Impact Wrestling on not so great circumstances, as I'm sure you may remember if you don't or if you just don't follow Impact Wrestling or wrestling in general. Tessa Blanchard was the Impact Wrestling World Champion. The World Champion. When COVID hit, she no-showed a couple of shows. She, she became unresponsive when people reached out to her. And eventually, she breached her contract and her time with Impact Wrestling was done. They, they parted ways. So yeah, if AEW and Impact Wrestling are, are going to continue to work together, somebody like Tessa Blanchard probably doesn't make a lot of sense to bring in right now. It only complicates things. Again, I defer to you. What would you guys like to do? If you were in Tony Khan's position, would you bring in Tessa Blanchard? Let me know on Twitter, again, at PWLetus, or reach out to me, at Corey A. Atkinson. Finally, we're going to wrap this baby up. Dynamite next week, we've got TNT champion Darby Allen making the first defense of the title since he won it from Cody Rhodes, taking on Brian Cage, the FTW champion. Only the TNT championship is on the line in this one. Again, uh, this will be a fun match. Darby and, and Cage, they've got good chemistry, and I'm, I'm expecting that they're going to beat the shit out of each other and do some crazy stuff. Chuck Taylor is going to take on Miro. If Chuck Taylor loses, then he becomes Miro's young boy, a.k.a. his servant. Uh, this one, I mean, there's no way in hell Chuck beats Miro. If he does, that, then wrestling is rigged, right? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. And for the first time in a long time, the NWA Women's World Championship will be defended on Dynamite with Serena Deeb taking on Ty Conti. Serena Deeb has been absolutely incredible in every um, opportunity that she's had to, to compete on AEW television. Tecanti also has has done a lot of impressing, at least for me. Like I could, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this match brings. I would say that Deeb retains. I don't think there's any way that they're going to let Tecanti take the NWA World's Championship right now, the, the Women's World Championship. I just don't think it's in the cards at the moment, but... I like the the idea of the prospect of of this match. I think this will be a great star making performance for Tay Conti and it gives the NWA and their partnership with AEW back on track. Also on that show, we've got Jurassic Express versus FTR and the match I am most looking forward to. It's Pac versus Eddie Kingston. These two are going to beat the living shit out of each other and I can't wait. In my estimation, this thing will probably be uh, some kind of a master class in psychology. The only bummer out of Dynamite is the fact that Thunder Rosa got exposed to somebody with COVID-19 and is not able to compete against Britt Baker on the show. I'm told that that will be rescheduled for a later time. All right, folks, that is the show today. Thank you so much for your patience as we were kind of getting things done over the holidays. But we are back with season two. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, leave us a five star review. Subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Those are the best ways to help right now. Unless you want to send me just money directly. I love money. Spends all the same. No matter how I get it, you can send that over to me through Gmail. Oh, yeah, it's pwelitists at gmail.com. Send me money, all of your money. Please and thank you. 
Um, if you just want to have a conversation through the Twitter, we can do that. That's at PW Elitis or at Corey A. Atkinson. You pick. I will respond to either or. And with that, that is the end of our show. I want to thank each and every one of you for your time and coming back and listening as we, we start season two. Until next time, take care, everybody.